Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Farrell and your host for Michelle Knows Money. Our topic today is estate and business succession planning, and our leading lady today is Carrie Ann Voorhees with Voorhees and Ratzlaff Law Group. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Michelle. So our listeners get to know a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So I am an estate planning and corporate attorney. Um, I went back to law school a little bit later in life. I stayed home to raise my children for 15 years. And then as they started to go off to school and need me less, I decided I was going to fulfill my dream by going back to law school. So I started in law school um, when my son was in kindergarten. And after law school, I had the opportunity to purchase a firm from a gentleman that was going out of business. Um, He was retiring. So I purchased a firm and have been practicing estate planning and corporate succession planning now for nine years. Well, that's great. And that's just, you know, not about estate planning or anything like that, but that just shows you that when you have a dream and you have a desire to do something, it doesn't matter what stage you are at your life, you're able to make it happen. So that alone is really inspiring, Carrie. Um, But the reason why I wanted to have you on the call today is as a financial planner um, and retirement specialist, I I work a lot with, you know, individuals and families as well as business owners to make sure that they're able to, you know, retire in the way they want to, um, how they want to, when they want to. And so I work with estate planning and and business um, succession attorneys um, very closely to make sure that we're working hand-in-hand to make sure our clients are well taken care of. And um, I wanted to to defer to you a little bit on the estate, obviously, because on the estate planning um, side. So let's just look at estate planning at like a 30,000-foot level. What does that look like for your average family? What, what What does an estate plan look like? Right. So estate planning is really planning for the unplannable, um, which at first glance is difficult. However, when you kind of zoom into what it is, it's really about protecting your assets, um, ensuring that they go where you want them to go and how you want them to go there. And more importantly, I believe that a key part of estate planning is ensuring that you have a plan if you become incapacitated. As we get older, Um, the statistics show that almost 80% of us will be incapacitated at some point. It's a nightmare if you don't have the proper documents in order, which are, you know, a durable power of attorney, naming someone that will handle your finances should you become incapacitated, an advanced health care directive, 
naming someone to have your um, make your health care decisions if you're incapacitated, and then of course your estate plan, so your trust and your will, your pour over will. Um, the trust is very important because should you be incapacitated, your successor trustee is the person that's going to be able to manage your assets. And it's very important to ensure that all of your assets are funded into the trust. And that's where we work very closely with financial advisors because oftentimes many of my clients have most of their portfolio with an advisor. So we're working in conjunction with them to ensure that it's properly funded, meaning the assets are titled in the name of the trust, and that we're putting the assets that we should in the trust and those that should not belong in the trust, we're having that conversation as well. Okay. That, no, that's really, really great information. So, you know, you said later in life that's when most people need their trust. So does that mean that people don't need a trust before, you know, they're 60? Or is this something that they should put in way before it's actually needed? Um, so that two of the misnomers about estate planning are, one, I don't really have any assets. I don't have a lot of assets. And two, I don't need that until I'm old or older. Um, those are both wrong because, one, as we're building our wealth, we also have small children. So if we don't do estate planning, a portion of estate planning is who is going to take care of our children if, God forbid, the unthinkable happens. And two, as we're building our wealth, if something happens to us, um, we don't have a plan, you don't have a plan in place. So even though you're building your wealth, you're creating a trust that's going to last throughout your lifetime. It's revocable, meaning that it can be changed. So there's no reason not to ensure that your assets are protected at any age. Um, you know, if you own a home, you should have a trust. You know, if you have assets that are over $100,000, which most of us do, you should have a trust. Um, so definitely it's something that, younger people should do for those reasons. Okay, so let's take myself for example. I'm single, you know, I'm a business owner, um, so obviously I have the asset of my business, but I don't have any children, I'm single. Um, you know, I do take care of my mom, so right now she would get anything, but let's say, God forbid, enough on when my mom passes away, you know, not being married, not having any siblings, so I have these assets, but I don't, necessarily have somebody to, you know, I don't have like a sibling or a, a significant other to pass it along to, what, do I not need a trust then? No, you absolutely, arguably you need one more than someone that has all of those people to pass along. Um, if you don't set something up, the laws of the state in which you live, here we live in California, are going to say where your assets go. So in a case of which you have your parents are deceased and you have no siblings, um, the law states that your assets are going to go to your aunts and uncles. Um, if your aunts and uncles are deceased, your first cousins. We don't always want that. So if you had an estate plan, you could lay out where you want them to go. Maybe in this instance, sometimes people want to be charitable. Through estate planning, you can fulfill your charitable desires and provide gifts to different charities. Um, and also, if you choose, you may want a friend or someone else to receive your money. So estate planning is very important. And also, if we don't have an estate plan in place, 
and if something happens to you, should you become incapacitated, who's going to come in and step in and manage your business and your finances? Um, I, I'm not certain your family, but, you know, my aunt and uncle certainly wouldn't know to do that, and they live too far away, and they're far getting far too old to even know what to do in my life. Um, so you want to make sure that you're appointing the people that you trust and that are dear to you to handle the most intimate parts of your life. That totally makes sense, Carrie. So let's say I've got this plan, I'm single, I set up my estate plan, and then I meet the love of my life and we get married. Does the trust automatically change so now all of a sudden my, my wife is included in the, the trust or is this something that we need to get updated? And it's, I would love it to hear a story of when somebody had a trust, they were really good at the beginning, and then they never updated it. So then what, what potentially could happen? Right. So the first part of your question, if you are single, you have your trust, you have your wealth, and then you get married to the love of your life, I say that two things need to happen. One, you need to speak with an attorney to make sure that the money, we're, we are a community property state. So here's a little family law estate planning crossover, which I experience a lot, and typically this is where most of my disasters occur. So if you're going to marry, everything you're bringing into that marriage is your separate property. You may be fine mixing it together, but I argue that let's not right away. So you definitely would need to, if you have a single trust and you're married, you definitely need to do a joint trust because we have laws in our state that would really mess up if you don't. Um, but also you would need to have a, a separate property agreement, not necessarily a prenuptial agreement, but a separate property agreement with your new spouse that here's our joint trust and this is going to be our joint assets. But for the time being, what I'm bringing into the marriage and what you're bringing into the marriage is going to be ruled by a separate trust. Um, that is something that is very common and obviously years down where you thrive together and build your own wealth, those things might change, but you want to make sure you're protected from that respect. Because when we're single and we meet someone we love later in life when we've grown our wealth, or if it's a second marriage and we're bringing something to that marriage, we want to make sure that's protected. In many instances, um, I'm actually helping someone who was who married who was married to um, a spouse. He had a separate property trust that didn't list his spouse's name at all, but left something to her. Um, that spouse passed away and he has since remarried. So he now has a trust that names his ex-spouse as the main beneficiary. She has children, but they don't have children together, and doesn't list his current spouse anywhere. Um, and he believes that all of the assets in this trust are his and um, not his ex-spouse. And that's not true based on how the trust is written. Luckily, he's alive, and we're able to work through and fix it to his new wife and get a separate property agreement in place and ensure that his trust goes where he wants it to go today. But had he passed away, and he actually had a scare and almost died, which is what made him do this, but had he passed away, his entire wealth would not have gone to his son but to 
his deceased wife's children. Um, so it's really important that throughout life, if anything changes as far as death, disability, or divorce, we are updating our estate plan and looking at it to ensure it still reflects our needs and our wishes for that time. That's why they're revocable. We can change them. Got it. So it's almost like when you go to the doctor every year to get your blood work and your physical done, that you want to do this with your estate plan, at least touch base with your attorneys so that way they can ask the appropriate questions to see like, hey, do we need to do an amendment or, you know, we could leave things um, as is. Correct. We typically say um, review your trust about every three to five years unless there is a major change in your life, a huge asset you've gotten, you started a business, um, or death, disability, or divorce, the three big Bs. Um, otherwise, three to five years, if nothing's changing, is pretty common. But if those four events occur, you definitely want to call your estate planning attorney. And that's why it's so important not to use online um, services to do your trust, quite frankly, because the value that you're getting is the counseling for those times. Um, and someone to tell you this is what you need to be aware of and to communicate with you regu regularly to ensure that this stuff doesn't occur. And the client I'm talking about, referring to, he did his trust online. So he had no guidance, no counseling that even the trust he created was not correct um, because no one told him about the family law crossover and what he was causing. So it's very important. You just... You just stole my next question is why you'd want to pay somebody <laughs> to do it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Because when, when yeah. I'm sitting down with, you know, with a, a client, a lot of the times I'm like, you know, let's go ahead and, you know, I've got a referral for an estate planning attorney. They're like, oh, can I just do it myself online? Right. So what, like, what, not only is the cost between doing it online versus an average, you know, kind of your, your basic family estate planning attorney, but let's say, um, that they decide to not do anything, what are their costs associated going with probate? Yeah, so, you know, the most important negative of probate for me is time. Um, probates typically take a year, if not longer. Um, you know, and during COVID, when the courts shut down, all of our probates stopped for a full year. So those are now extending into two years. Um, if you don't have an estate plan set up and you have to go through probate, you're going to pay about two to $3,000 in costs up front. You're not going to be able to have access to any of those assets or sell them for quite some time, at least six to eight months, um, to get you appointed, a person appointed to be in charge of the assets to be able to marshal them. So if there's a real property, who's paying the expenses on that property? The family. If the family can't afford it, that mortgage, those expenses are not being paid and you're getting fees. So it, it's really not beneficial to do that um, because you're, you're really harming the estate and you're taking away from your own inheritance. Um, additionally, there are statutory fees associated. The administrator gets a statutory fee and so does the attorney. So that's all, and it's not private. Trusts are private. When we do a probate, it's put out into papers and the court docket is public. Our probates, I even have realtors and people calling me regarding our probates because my name's on there. 
and my clients are getting calls from flippers and all kinds of people, and they see exactly how much the assets are, how much everything's worth. Um, it, to me, privacy is a big deal why you want to do estate planning because it stays private. You don't have to file anything with the court or record anything with the county when you're doing a trust. Now that's excellent information, Carrie. So now we're going to take a quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and partners. And now, Michelle, back to your show. Great. We're back with Michelle Knows Money with today's guest, Carrie Ann Voorhees. So let's, Carrie, let's switch gears to your other specialty, which is corporate planning and business succession planning. So what does that encompass, and who should be content contacting you for that type of planning? Yes. So business succession planning really goes hand-in-hand hand with estate planning for business owners. So if a person owns their own business um, 100% or even a portion, so if you have partners in a business and you are the business owner, so not if you work for a company, but if you own your own business, you definitely need to do estate planning and business succession planning. Um, you need to be able to have a plan in place should you become incapacitated or should you pass away what happens to your business. And so many people that own their own business, that's the majority of their assets. Um, and, and the lifeline for their family as far as money coming in. If you are incapacitated or you pass away and something occurs and you don't have a plan in place, you've essentially just set set your family up for failure because they're going to have to go through the probate process and they're not going to have access to any of those assets for at least a year. Well, so I've heard stories of, say, you know, two friends go into business, they open up this restaurant. Um, let's say partner A doesn't really get along with partners B wise. They don't do any, any succession planning and then, God forbid, partner B passes away. So now what would happen with that partnership, knowing that there is no estate planning or nor, no succession planning in place? Right. So that partnership would go through the probate process, and the partner that passed away's wife would be in charge, and that wife doesn't get along with the other partner. So then they're going to have to work through how to unravel. And if there was no succession planning, it's not going to be pretty. Part of our estate planning process, and I've done this with a few people, is I've actually had clients where that is the situation. And what we have done is in their estate plan, should they pass away or become incapacitated, it's not the wife that would be the trustee for that asset. We named someone else, um, either a child or a neutral, that would be able to work with the partner that would still benefit the wife and be in the wife's best interest as a surviving spouse, but we know that we're setting them up for success. 
instead of failure. And that's why business planning is so important because we have to have those conversations um, about that because that happens often. That is a scenario many times, um, which being a business owner myself with a partner, everything's great, but I understand how that could happen because we as you know, spouses, who do we vent to? We vent to our spouse. Our spouses don't hear the other side. They just go for us, and then it starts to lead to, you know, distrust and animosity. So it really happens often, which is why it's so important to be able to have a conversation with an estate planning attorney to ensure that the person that's in charge gets along with the remaining partner. Okay, so let's build on this scenario. So the wife doesn't want anything to do with the business. Um, what are some financial planning tools that you could put into place that will allow the wife to still maintain that that source of income, and but allow her to remove herself from the situation, or give the or a, or a piece that will give the other partner a place to say buy out the wife? Right. So that's all part of the. So in your estate plan, you would choose someone else to be the successor trustee but would be handling things for the wife's benefit. Then that portion comes into your own internal documents for your entity, for your business entity. So if it's a corporation, a corporation needs to have what's called a buy-sell agreement. And that says what occurs during death, disability, retirement um, between the shareholders. Um, we ensure that they have the proper buy-sell agreement set up to say what would occur. If it's a partnership or an LLC, it's a partnership agreement or an operating agreement. And that works hand-in-hand with our um, estate planning and our trust. What's important thing about buy-sell agreements is I can have an agreement all day long, but how is it funded? Because to your end, that's the financial planning portion, is if I have an agreement here that says that if I pass away, my wife gets a million dollars, well, where is that million dollars coming from? Because most likely, a small business is not going to have it sitting around. So what do you have in place? And that's where we bring in our financial planners to determine and tax people to determine based on that entity's financials, what is the best way to fund this by sell? Because we're not just doing it upon death, but what if one of the shareholders is disabled for over a year? At what point, you know, do they stop receiving income? At what point do they get bought out because of that? Or what if they just want to retire? Oftentimes, a buy-sell agreement does not talk at all about retirement. And I always think, are you going to work until you're dead? Because most people don't want to do that. How are they going to live their own lifestyle? Um, that's all part of the business succession planning is ensuring and working with a financial advisor saying this is how much money we need to live right now. If we retire or, and sell our business or succeed in our business, whatever we're going to do with it, how much money will we have to have to maintain this lifestyle? So we have a sheet that asks them a whole bunch of questions that they often think is ridiculous about how much do you go out? How many vacations? What do you do? But that goes to the financial advisor so that the financial advisor can help to create some sort of buyout or some sort of agreement if they're selling their business to ensure that their lifestyle is maintained. And small business owners don't usually 
understand that or get that or notice that they need it because they're just living in their business. You know, they live in their business, so they don't understand that portion of it. That's so true, Carrie. I come across so many people that are so business owners that are so focused on making sure that their business is a success. They don't look at the financial planning or the succession planning. Um, you know, they don't look at how am I going to, you know, how am I going to leave this business? Am I going to set up the proper documents so that we, you bought a business from somebody that was retiring? But my guess is that he had that planned and he had all of the proper things in place. That way, once he made the decision to leave, it was fairly simple from him. And it, instead of having, when he gets to the retirement stage, then trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to put together my book of business, and you know, how am I going to value my business, and all of that stuff. So, my get my what I'm hearing is not only do you want to look at it at the at the end, but even when the the business owner is still starting, especially when there's no assets, that they need to, you know, kind of bite the bullet, take on a little bit of expense to have all of this planning done. So that way it doesn't matter if you're on, you know, day one or your last day, you've got the plan in place to make sure that the business is completely protected. Correct, correct. Um, you, you definitely, no matter how young your business is, you need to make sure that your internal documents, your buy-sell agreement, your operating agreement, or your partnership agreement is present. As far as, and, and making sure that that's funded. So working with an advisor to make sure that there's the proper life insurance or annuity or whatever you're putting together to fund that, a key man policy, ensuring that that's there. Then on the flip side, I always say that if you're going to sell your business, don't come to me and say, my wife just got diagnosed with cancer. We have to sell this business in six months. Um, you know what? You need to have started to plan for that. You know, And I had that happen, but the clients were 70 already. So you should, they should have been coming to us five years ago, and that's what I always say is you know, start to plan five years prior to selling because there's so much, depending on the value of your business that you're going to sell for, there's estate planning we can do ahead of time to ensure that you don't have tax consequences. There's all types of trust and financial tools with a financial advisor we can use to limit your tax consequences from selling your business. But we don't have the ability to do that if you're saying, I have this buyer, I'm selling tomorrow, help me. We've just lost all of the planning we could do. So it's really important to think about it as we're moving forward and ensure that everything's in place. That's so true, Carrie. Like one of the, the tools that we I use as a financial advisor is a defined benefit plan. Um, and they, sometimes they'll leverage funding. And, and the defined benefit plan is basically a retirement plan where you determine I want, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to put in 10% of my income every, every paycheck. I want to make sure that I could pull out $200,000 annually from my retirement. How much do I need to put in that every year? So a lot of times business owners will use this defined benefit plan because they get massive tax benefits um, when their business is really the most successful because they've spent the past 5, 10, 20 years building it up. They're usually about 10 years or so away from retirement 
they're having a huge tax liability right now, so they have a decision, do I want to pay Uncle Sam or do I want to pay myself? And a lot of times what they're able to do, especially when you have um, a company that has, you know, more white-collar businesses where you have, you know, partnerships with attorneys, doctors, dentists, that kind of stuff, they're like, hey, let me help you fit fund this defined benefit plan while I'm on my way out and then using that particular retirement piece will then help me, I'll use that to help pay for the purchase price of the business. Have you seen that a lot in your business, um, Carrie? I have seen that tool used in sales, in, in the sale of a business, yes, and in businesses, yes. We We have various business owners that, you know, earned too much money and I sent them to a financial advisor and they've been able to utilize that throughout. Yes, that's a very good tool. And that's why it's so important. Um, we always say that estate planning is just one, one leg of the stool. Like you have to have a team around you. It's about collaboration. It's about working together to ensure that, you know, you typically need an estate planning attorney with this stuff, a financial advisor and a tax professional. Um, and yeah. they work together, and that's why being well, a part of a team and having people that are part of a team are so important. Carrie, I'm going to interrupt you because yeah. we're about to wrap oh, up our show, and you have so awesome. much information. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to learn more about your services? Sure. Well, we absolutely are happy to talk to people. You know, we have a half-hour free consultation that we provide. Um, our phone number is 909 Three three four one four two five, or you can visit our website for any and all information, which is um, vrlglaw.com, and we are Voorhees and, we'll, and Rathlap Law Group. Perfect, and we'll have that link on um, on our episode page as soon as we get it published. And that is our show for today. So, Carrie, I'd like to thank you very much for being our leading lady today, and a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the United States and internationally, as we are on an international show. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and let's build your wealth together. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.